0: And I don't have any valuable information to spread about the coronavirus.
1: Um, and I'm Rachel, and I likewise do not have any information to give you about coronavirus.
0: Yeah, so please don't rely on this podcast for your informational purposes. Instead, listen to like NPR or something. Yeah. Have you listened to NPR much? Are you a big NPR listener in general?
1: My parents are big NPR listeners, so that means for much of my life I had no choice of hmm. uh, because it was always on in our car.
0: Hmm, fair. Um what's your what's your main way of getting like information about the current situation? Um if if not like NPR cuz I I listen to podcasts basically, NPR podcasts mostly.
1: I think um I have been checking like our state health department, I don't know why the Virginia state health department's website. Hmm. Um I mean, twitter is also like generally uh one of my news sources um hmm.
0: yeah i don't know i don't know how much i trust twitter <laughs> <laughs> although i guess it depends on who's tweeting but yeah <sighs> anyway how have uh how was your how was your weekend do you have meaningful weekends even
1: um yeah because because one of the people my mom in our house is still working that schedule still that like work week weekend schedule still exists in our house. And Mm. it is meaningful because um, she has to tell mostly my dad and I, like we will put on antics and she has to tell us to be quiet while she is working, which is fair. Um, And on the weekend we can do other stuff.
0: Mm. How well, so how was the other stuff this weekend?
1: Um, let's see. I, I cannot remember. So <laughs> so I can't tell you. Um, I, I, I cannot remember a single thing that happened over the weekend. Um,
0: is, that, is that concerning to you?
1: Well, it just, it really does feel like every day, whatever the news of that day is, is all I can sort of, like, focus on. Like, for example, right now, the news of the day for Virginia is that We're now officially stay at home, uh, which is still a pretty mild version of what is possible to be. Um, But our governor, like, officially announced um, before he was, like, suggesting you stay at home. And now he did an executive order for the state or Commonwealth Mm. that we stay at home. Um, But it's not shelter in place, which I believe you're under still.
0: Um yeah, um I don't really pay much attention to what the orders are because <laughs> I'm just going to do maximum isolation possible anyway. With with some exceptions, I guess. Yeah, the on, the only things I've left my house to do are to get groceries. Um and I've been doing that, I don't know, maybe once every 9 or 10 days. Uh and over the weekend we had a socially distant family picnic.
1: Oh nice. I'm glad that that worked out. Was it like how how physically close?
0: Um, I would say we were probably about eight feet away from one another. It was my mother and my father and myself and two of my three sisters. Um, one of my sisters lives in New York City, which is currently, you know, the worst affected place in, in the country. Um, so that's pretty bad. But she, So she didn't come to Massachusetts for that. But, that's fair. Um, yeah, so the, the rest of us um, – my oldest sister is the only one without a car. So we drove to a park near her, and we all brought picnic blankets and our own food. And we my, – my parents sat together on a park bench because they live together, so there's no point in so- isolating
1: Ro- – Romantic also. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, well, they were surrounded by three of their four children on on uh, blankets that were somewhat distant from them. And then we FaceTimed my – my sister who lives in New York um, to chat with her and loop her into the uh, family togetherness time. Nice. It was pretty good. It was, the only, it was my only contact with other people in, in the real world space for some time.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, how is your schedule and sense of time doing? Because I think of most of the people I know, they have like somebody else with them. And you're one of the few people I directly know who is on their own. Yeah,
0: in a one-bedroom apartment by myself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, hmm. It's interesting because, well, I am, I'm still working from home. So I am supposed to be working eight-hour days. So that is still dictating a certain amount of schedule for me. Um, I have a number of scheduled calls with people. Like and like online social plans that have kind of kept me rooted to some kind of schedule in that regard, um, and I have classes two nights a week. But um, I realized today, and I didn't even I re- I realized today when my professor reached out to me. So I didn't realize it. He told me that I had missed an online quiz mm-hmm. just because of losing grips on my schedule. So I have been slipping behind on schoolwork. I've been pretty much staying on top of. Professional work, I guess, like at least maintaining that schedule and living up to deadlines and things like that. So that's been going relatively well. But um I don't know. I, I, I do I think I have a little bit of a separation between like weeks, weekdays and weekends. Like on weekends I'm a bit more relaxed. I don't I don't necessarily I can bum around my pajamas for longer. Whereas on weekdays I'm like, okay, I need to I need to like seriously start my day and 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 be productive and things like that. Which I think helps. I think it's a good Good thing for me.
1: Yeah, have some form of consist consistency. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, I
0: should think so. R- remind me again. You're, so, are are you are you working from home or are you not working?
1: I'm not working. Um, right, right. We have a work group chat where my supervisor, who is working, will sometimes tell us what's happening. But she is the only one of our like department who's working and again they say they will pay us but um i don't know
0: hmm. we're also going to get a check from the government
1: so so they say <laughs> i
0: i have been uh, trying to determine what i'm going to do with my check from the government because i haven't really been personally negatively financially impacted by the situation um in in fact i i may i may have been positively financially impacted because There are certain expenses associated with commuting to work and uh, stuff like that that I no longer have to pay for. So I feel like I have been relieved of a financial burden rather than uh, had an additional one placed upon me. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that money. I think I should probably donate at least some of it to people who are negatively affected. But I don't know. I also feel like, well, you know, everyone's being given money, including... In, like, including all sorts of people, regardless of whether they're affected. So maybe I should just, maybe I should just take it and be greedy. I don't know. I haven't decided yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a fun, like, thought exercise, even what whatever you decide to do with it, you know, like, if you were given not a million dollars, but if you were just given a thousand, two hundred dollars, <laughs> what would you do? Uh, and everyone gets to play that thought exercise, <laughs>
0: yeah for a lot of people it's like oh i will maybe pay my rent or my electricity bill or something like that
1: yeah my parents had a fun uh thrilling weekend uh they filled out their taxes anyway even though the um filing deadline has been pushed Mm. that that was that was how they uh spent a fun weekend and they believe that with their uh check from the government they will just end up uh using it to pay the taxes that they owe. Um, so that's that's their fun.
0: Yeah, I typically do my taxes as soon as I possibly can uh, because I tend to get a refund. But if I owed money, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I'd probably put that off as long as I could.
1: Yeah, I feel like all I've really had, because I am not working and when I'm not, like, trying to do online social activities, is just, like, I've become a very, like, nosy neighbor and i'm just like either walking around or looking out my window uh checking out what other people are doing and Mm. (laughs) that's like a herit the spy kind of (laughs) activity uh so i just like i have a long going list of what other people in my neighborhood are doing but i I, i i feel like i don't know what i'm doing this for because it's like an ongoing call out list for my neighbors
0: <laughs> are you, are you noting them doing things bad like bad things or like committing <laughs> crimes or just like not being safe social distance or
1: no it's just mostly like mostly because of um I guess what their our action item for uh last week the what can you do uh physically to to hang out with people that doesn't doesn't break the social distancing uh are Neighborhood, like, citizen group has also been thinking about that in a very, like, middle-class, white, suburban way. Hmm. So the approaches to uh, that question that they've taken are uh, driveway (sighs) sing-alongs, where you, like, uh, can drive your car to someone's house and they will perform such songs as uh, America the Beautiful (laughs) And you are my sunshine, um and also scavenger hunts where uh you're supposed to put a bear in your window like a like a stuffed animal bear in your window uh prominently placed, and then like children on walks uh are supposed to find them Ooh. and
0: uh <laughs> is this all like count them up? How is this organized?
1: uh there's like a neighborhood facebook page uh
0: hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't feel like I've gotten to know my neighbors at all. Um, and this hasn't, this hasn't made me know them better. (laughs) Like I think, um, I think in in the course of this pandemic on the the occasions where I have left my apartment and I've seen someone like we've been a bit more like friendly and like, Oh, hi at one another. Whereas here in, uh, here in Massachusetts, people are cold and distant and don't like to acknowledge one another.
1: Oh God, that sounds Um, so good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> usually it's pretty good but you know right now i think people have a have a, at least some degree of craving for um any any kind of human contact so um people you know who are out walking their dog or you know taking the trash out or or whatever it is they're doing uh, i've noticed people tend to like acknowledge acknowledge me a little more and say hey how's it going um where normally they would just pretend they don't see me <laughs> I've been surprised at how many cars are on the road on the occasions where I have gone out. And I think that's partially because I live, like, right next to a hospital. Mm. And I imagine that things are quite busy there. But I I don't know any specific news about that hospital or what's going on at that hospital because I don't seek out that kind of news because a lot of the news like that is very depressing.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised when, like, I have gone out for groceries or whatever, um, that there are so many cars. I, I mean, the part of the state where I live is known for like, it's terrible traffic congestion. So it's like, slightly less than normal. It's definitely not normal. But it does kind of feel like people are operating under sort of different understandings of like, the Coronavirus situation. Because like, this, this is my hot neighborhood gossip. Ooh. Like, we had a family move, like, they moved into a new house on our block. Um, and like, there are people doing things like that just I, I wouldn't expect, um, like I wouldn't be doing. And uh, it, it's just interesting to see what kind um, of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, we, we have, pet stores that are still open um and like i i I think (laughs) i feel like both the virginia governor and i like notice similar things where it's like people are having too much fun you should stop (laughs) having fun um like one of the reasons uh the governor officially did a uh executive order was because they say over the weekend there were a bunch of people, like, disregarding his his nice request to stay at home and just, like, going to the beach. Um, And Mm. I feel like it's sort of a weird sort of cause and effect kind of thing where it's, like, if the beach is open, people will probably go even if they shouldn't, but if the beach is closed, then people will go less often because the beach is closed. Um, So it's, like, if you get mad at people (laughs) uh, for going to the beach because you suggested that they don't go, I guess, I guess you can get mad.
0: Yeah. Have you heard about the coronavirus party in Kentucky?
1: I have not, but I can imagine. Is it like an idea of let's all go get coronavirus together?
0: No, it's not an, it's not a hypothetical idea. It's a thing that happened where a bunch of (laughs) uh, young people who were not taking, not taking coronavirus seriously, just decided to throw a big party um and someone at the party had coronavirus and gave it to everyone at the party.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I that's another one of our um hot neighborhood gossips. Uh I believe the colleges around us are all closed, but the house by us is constantly occupied by like young college students who always like to throw parties and still even though school is closed, they still I don't know if they invite like other people over, but I assume that if, you know, there's loud music playing and they're drinking that it's not just the people who usually live there. So it's like, (laughs) I don't know what my responsibility here is other than, you know, like (laughs) feel responsible, take, take notes and report back on, on my (laughs) podcast. But it, it does feel like a, Different different levels of urgency um, that I I don't necessarily like blame individuals because I don't I don't think that's like the biggest problem. It just like it feels like I have an anger and I want to direct it at someone, and these are the ones that are very close to me.
0: Hmm. I mean, I feel like I blame them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I think they deserve blame. They should be not doing that. I don't know. I mean, I I feel like the media is full of a lot of mixed messages. So it is also kind of understandable that people fail to fail to understand the severity. Apparently when we recorded last on Thursday night, um, they had just surpassed a thousand deaths in the United States. And now it's, I think it's like something like 2,500. So that's an exponential growth curve happening. um, And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel. I don't know. I'm starting to feel much more worried than I have been feeling. Worried about the scale of the death. I think what I was feeling primarily before was antsy and anxious about um, the disruptions to people's day to day lives. Um, while well, still acknowledging that those are necessary, but I was like feeling the problems of self-isolation and like the, the issues that's causing for myself and for everyone else. Um, but what I'm now more feeling is like, you know, hearing that in New York they've had to like bring in a bunch of refrigerated trucks to serve as a makeshift morgue for all the bodies they're expecting. Um, it just gets increasingly increasingly disturbing and also i've he- I've heard I've had more and more instances of like, People I know or people – not really people I know so much as like people I know – people who know people I know have like have the virus and I don't know. One of my sister's acquaintances is apparently in critical condition and is not likely to survive. Um, Yeah, and all of that is kind of getting to me a lot more this past like three or four days I'd say.
1: Yeah, you can stop me if I brought this up before but when – Like, Donald Trump uh, talks about coronavirus as if it's, like, a war. I really don't like that. But um, my family friend, who is, like, in her 90s, who lives in a um, nursing home, we spoke on the phone. And she, like, said, I don't think I've experienced anything like what this is and the closest she has as a comparison is like the world wars which she was present for uh, um and i guess with part of that is like bigger than even being a like 911 post 911 sort of person uh where our country has sort of always vaguely been at war a like massive sense of there is going to be a loss of life that I like it's just going to be weird on one level um because I I don't think it's something that we have a lot of words for on its own um
0: yeah I think uh it's it's the sort of thing that um you know I I feel like one of the things this is kind of exposing to me is just how um just how much we we've all assumed a lot of things about the stability of the world we live in. Um, And I think one of the, uh, like a common refrain of like optimism in the past few years has been like, Oh, well we live, you know, it seems like the news is always really bad and is always really stressful. But in actuality we live at one of the most, you know, peaceful and prosperous times in human history where, there are fewer violent deaths. There are, you know, many, many uh, previously thought incurable diseases have been have been seen to. Um, and as a result of that, I think uh, massive disruption to like the way we live is something that I, I think everybody in the country has kind of gotten complacent about that not happening. Um, because we haven't had something like this really, I would probably say since World War II, because like you brought up 9-11 and 9-11 certainly changed a lot of things in America, but a lot like what it, what it didn't really change for people who weren't in the direct, you know, areas where, um, where the attacks occurred was like, it didn't change like going to work and, you know, seeing other people and, just like the the day to day of like how human lives are lived it, it it changed it had a lot of like policy effects that changed things about like how we fly and and stuff like that but it it didn't didn't quite like massively yeah
1: yeah this is very very much like total war home front but like pandemic front it affects daily life
0: yeah i think the i think the war anal- personally i think the war analogy is is apt in that it like explains. It gives, it gives some context for, I mean, it's not a war, but it gives some context for like the kinds of mindset we need to have like, oh, this is, this is like a different thing. Like we're, we're entering a different mode of, of how we need to, how we need to be. But I mean, we've been in in wars forever for most of my life. So, yep. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe we need a, a, a different metaphor uh, not necessarily for like coping, but like how to how to not be in a war, uh, because as a country we're pretty bad at not being at a war.
0: Hmm. I think of it as like an like an alien invasion or something.
1: Now you're talking. Now, yeah. Now you are speaking my language.
0: So, so have have you have you gotten back on the like dystopian media train at all?
1: I have. I have not read a single book, a single word of a single book. Um, I, what I have been doing, um, and this may be similar to from your Twitter account, what you have also been doing is watching, um, in my case, the same Steven Universe fan videos over and over Mm. and, uh, being very emotional about them.
0: Yeah. Uh, I haven't been watching Steven Universe fan vids, but I have been watching Doctor Who fan vids. Yeah.
1: That's about all I, I'm have found myself able to take in.
0: Uh. Yeah, I watched a couple movies over the weekend that um, really struck a a chord with me with regard to this pandemic, even though they're not about pandemics. One of them was um, Avengers Endgame. Have you watched the Marvel movies? Um.
1: No, here and there. Um, the, but not the end game. yeah,
0: the thing the thing about Avengers end game, and this this is gonna be somewhat of a spoiler for those of you who haven't watched <laughs> all, I don't know twenty or whatever Marvel movies, but um, in in the the previous big Avengers movie, um, the big purple bad guy snaps his fingers and causes half of every half of all life in the universe to disappear. Um, and Avengers end game, first it picks up about a month after that happened and shows how people are coping with it. And then there's a time skip about 45 or like half an hour or 45 minutes into the movie where it's like, okay, now five years later. And it's like, oh, okay. So we're just going with um, the notion that the, the world of the, of the Marvel universe has just, has just lived through an event where um, half of all the human race died and everyone just had to figure out how to like move on how to like rebuild the things like the infrastructure that dies when you know half of the people who are working in those jobs die, and you see, um, quite infamously, there's a scene in that where you see people at like a support group for people grieving people who are lost in the incident. And like in that support group, one person mentions that he went on a date and he went on a date with a man, and that's like the first time there's ever been any mention of a gay person in any of those Marvel movies. But
1: powerful, yeah, um, that that is uh, maybe my one tidbit of
0: knowledge of adventure's Endgame.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> but but <laughs>
0: very brief. But yeah, and then at the, at the end of the movie, um all of the, everyone who died uh, gets brought back. Well, not not everyone who died, but everyone who got like finger snapped away. So like if the big purple man shot you, then you're still dead. But if you disappeared when he snapped his fingers, then you get to come back. And uh that's just like going to be the status quo of those movies going forward they've released one they've released a spider-man movie which i have not yet seen and i don't know whether it addresses it but i guess the marvel cinematic universe now like exists in like a post-disaster timeline where you know everything got put right in the end in terms of people getting brought back to life but like you know everyone who everyone who was 15 years old when they got turned to dust and then got reconstituted five years later. They're still 15 years old and all their peers are 20. Um and, and things like that. So there's like it's like a post- a post-disaster world is just the status quo of of those Marvel movies now. So that's weird. Um and the other movie I watched, have you seen your name?
1: I have not, but I have heard that it's powerful.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a very good uh Japanese anime film. Um and I don't know, it's got a weird and complicated plot, but a major a major um part of the plot has to do with a um a a town that is destroyed in a natural disaster. And obviously this isn't a natural disaster, but like the notion of like natural disaster response and like 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 the, there's a similar kind of vibe. It it has to deal it also has to deal with like the aftermath of a natural disaster and like looking back on it and and how how we like process what happened um and it kind of makes me wonder like what what is the art that is going to get made in the next like 10 years that comes out of out of this out of having lived through this shared trauma as as an entire human species and that kind of I kind of wonder what that's going to be
1: yeah i i think i'm going to definitely be looking sort of more for those types of stories that are like rebuilding stories. Um, because as un or novel as coronavirus is, it's both like with all s- human endeavors, it's like both very new and never before has anything like this happened. But also, there are things because we're very good at like making connections and making associations with the past there have to be sort of already out there um stories that deal with the same things so yeah both what's the stories coming out of this will look like and i feel like i'm i'm going to be looking more for what other people in the past did when like their whole world felt like it was ending Hmm. and then you go on.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're not yet at the point where we're going on. We're still kind of living, <laughs> living through the worst of it yeah. right now.
1: Yeah. Which so, is so maybe, it's,
0: maybe that's a different set of media that's needed for that.
1: It's so hard, again, the uncertainty to know, like, at what point in our timeline is this, right? Like, are we at the beginning of things? Are we at the middle? Where are we? Hmm.
0: What's your sense of that? How do you feel about that? I mean, you said you said you think it's gonna be like five years that we're we housebound, homestuck as it were.
1: Yeah. Well I I still really feel that way and one of my neighbors, um, she is a like neonatal nurse, so like not dealing with this uh specifically, but like still going in as a nurse mm. and her sense of things um, like talking to other nurses um, was that like, this is just sort of like the tip of things. Um, And so I I guess that's where I fall to where it it does feel like weird as it may be. Like, this is probably like the calm before the storm.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean, the, the way I kind of envision things going and i th- i guess it's worth restressing that like this is not your source for information <laughs> about <laughs> about coronavirus and but i don't know the, the kind of the sense that i have is that we are maybe in the uh we're reaching the end of the first quarter of of the current crisis which is the first outbreak of the covid-19 in the US i, I feel like we're going to get to the middle of May or late May, maybe early June. And that's going to be the point at which there will be a massive death toll. Um, but there will, people will feel like it's safe to like leave their, their homes and go back to work and stuff like that for, for a time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Th- there will be a lot of like second order effects that, that continue to drag out for quite a long time. And then the question is, you know, does, does COVID nineteen come back? Does it come back in the in the winter? Does it come back every year? Um, it wouldn't be COVID nineteen; it would be COVID twenty and twenty one or whatever. But like, does does this kind of thing keep happening, or are we are we better prepared for it? Because if we're better prepared for it, then we will not see measures like we're seeing now. Like, we won't have to like spend months locked up in our homes if we're better prepared for it. And better prepared to, to spot outbreaks and contain them before they become pandemics. Yeah. So, uh,
1: sorry. <laughs> My mom in the other room uh, gave me a heart attack by sneezing and coughing a uh, number of times in quick succession.
0: <laughs> well, sneezing is apparently not a COVID 19 indicator. Okay. Coughing is, but sneezing apparently isn't. Yeah. Um, Did you know that um, our mutual friend, uh, British Lewis, apparently had coronavirus?
1: Yes, I I know that from my other uh, news source, uh, social media site. Eric? Yes, from Eric. Uh, I don't know why that's so uh, strange to me, uh, because I've known people who know people who have coronavirus, but this would be the first, like, first degree of separation person uh who like was confirmed or confirmed themselves self-diagnosed
0: yeah so i i I haven't really been paying attention to that website uh very much so i didn't know that i didn't know that until yesterday when i i had a call with a scheduled call with him Mm -hmm. that we had scheduled several weeks ago so before he had gotten sick so he he had it while i like without me knowing and then by the time i i talked to him he was all better
1: I know this is kind of, uh, we've gone a little long, but can I tell you one, uh, one more story about uh, my weekend? I found a dog uh, in, in my yard. One of my superpowers is uh, loose dogs uh, are drawn to me, and I tend to find a lot of loose dogs. Uh, so this weekend, while I was uh, vacuuming and I looked out the window, and there was just, just a dog walking <laughs> her merry way across our front yard. Um, and I invited her in, which if this had been, like, a werewolf dog or a vampire <laughs> dog would probably have been a bad idea, but, um, my my actual dog was in the backyard, so she didn't have to know, um, and I called the phone number on this dog's collar, and it turns out, like, her owner had gone out for a, a run which a lot of people in these times have a lot more exercise that they're doing and this dog had just like saw saw an opportunity mm. <laughs> to uh make make a break for it i guess that's another activity you can do if you can if you can uh make it work if you can uh don't don't do it release your dog <laughs> uh and make a new friend uh that you you don't know find a dog release it meet a new neighbor. Hmm. that burned up my day
0: you can be the one who lets the dogs out (laughs) (laughs) you can yeah i kind of wish i had a pet at this point because i've actually never really had a pet um and i've been thinking about getting a cat but um i don't know i think my complete lack of um contact with other beings is 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 maybe i don't know i I wasn't i wasn't planning for this so
1: i mean Mm. if you can find a plant Um, to take care of Hmm. that may fill a similar hole in your heart as as a pet would
0: Hmm. um yeah so we should probably wrap it up because we've gone a little longer than usual but um did you like the steven universe feature finale (laughs)
1: yeah yeah i really did um i did
0: too (laughs)
1: It was really good. Okay,
0: yeah, maybe we could talk about that f- further. Um, Stay tuned some other yeah. time because I do, I, do, I do think it has um, resonances with what you were talking you were talking about regarding like media about rebuilding after what seems like the end of the world. Yeah, um, I think Steven Universe in general uh, has has themes relating to that, dealing with like a war from thousands of years ago and also from a more recent war um, in Steven Universe. And yeah, so we can we can get into that some other time, maybe that's podcast relevant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we say it is. Yep, exactly. Make it so.
0: It's up to us. All right. So um, until until that time, uh, stay distant.
1: Go the distance. Yep.